Doug Conroe. Welcome to a brand new edition of Nerd Doug Radio right here on 104.5, 106.1. The sister station streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. As always, make sure to check out the Facebook page, facebook.com backslash Nerd Doug Radio. That's where all of the magic happens. Make sure to come hang out and say hi and do all those great things right there on the Facebook page. This is Corey DLG, and with me as usual is little brother Nico. Hey, guys. Yeah. All right. So, um, what's up? How have you been? Uh, I've been doing good, I think. Yeah? Obviously, we need to just kind of check in because we live in a new era now. We live in the, the age of the common man. Yeah, no, really, this, we should just start over, guys. Yeah, this is year one. This is year zero. This is it. Yeah, this, this is year zero of, what would we call this one? We already did CE and BCE, so. This is the common man, so CM. This is the this is the era of the CM. CM? I was just thinking of AC, like the air conditioning. <laughs> we live in the after-COVID world. We, we live in post-COVID common man era. Exactly. Um, for those who don't quite know what we're talking about, we are going to lead off here today with obviously the big news story. Uh, Sweeping the nation. Basically, Reddit broke Wall Street. Um, and that, of course, is the GameStop, and then to a much lesser degree, AMC, Doji, and some other trade in other stocks as well. Um, Stonks. Before we get too far into how we feel about this and what's funny and crazy about it, I guess we need to do the first thing first and kind of the layman's explanation of what happened. Um, Reddit is a website uh, full of forums. One of them is one called Wall Street Bets. And basically, these guys have gotten together for several years now. And they basically just, like, post... Not like stock tips. Like, they don't post, like, buy gold next month. They post, like, big ideas or weird thoughts. Or, like, what they're investing in personally. Yeah. So, like, they, they, it's for discussion of their own investment strategies and then also for, like, exploration of investment concepts. Yeah. And it, it's generally lighthearted for the most part. Yeah. Because it's very listen. bantery. It's very bad. These these are people who have an understanding of Wall. Reddit is very specialized in the sense that the groups you go to, if you interact with them, you you genuinely, if you know anything about what's really going on, they're connected to it in a lot of ways. Yeah, either they worked in the industry prior, or this is something they're really invested in. I'm starting like to that... think the comic book one isn't that isn't true for, it. but all the other ones, I think it is. Uh, I like. I feel like I feel like some like well it it also it also depends on like the moderation community and that like if you because what happens is that a lot of these communities either go haywire because there's not enough people moderating them or like the rules are really loose so a ton of people join and never like commit to anything right and I think that might be but so with Wall Street bets they're they're they they generally they they pitch some interesting ideas. And so, but these are guys who understand Wall Street. They're not, they're not idiots. Yeah. <clears throat> and so they didn't, what make Wall, is, they didn't make Wall Street bets if they didn't know anything. Right. What happened is one of the users pointed out, um, 
that there was a particular hedge fund that was incredibly over leveraged on sell shorts of GameStop. So for those who don't understand, sell shorts, those these became a big deal in the housing crisis. Um, yeah. What a sell short is essentially the the layman's quick version is gambling. It's gambling, but it's also gambling in a really stupid way. Uh, Correct. If Nico, if you're the bank, mm-hmm. and I'm the gambler, I go to you and I say I'm going to short sell Sony. If right now Sony is selling at a hundred dollars a share, you will give me one Sony share. I will then sell it for a hundred dollars with the expectation that I have to give you back a Sony share, regardless of its value, at the agreed-upon time. So the short date was coming up for these GameStop stocks, and GameStop was trading around $4.86. Well, one of the Reddit users, basically he said, guys, if we push the price high enough, there's going to be... Because one of the rules of, of Wall Street is you basically... On payday, on whatever your agreed-upon date, you have to settle up your accounts. Which means there was one time in an oil trade, oil was trading at a negative amount, which means owning oil cost you money. And there was one particular day trader whose software didn't update properly, and he got caught holding like $30,000 worth of oil futures. And he paid it, and it's not the end of the world for them. But you settle up on payday. Uh, to quote the good fellas, F you pay me. Okay. So what, what happens here is payday is coming up and this, this firm, no matter what has to buy X amount of game share, uh, GameStop shares to give back to the bank. So what this guy said out loud was basically, if we mass buy the price up enough, first of all, it'll bankrupt the hedge fund to buy the shares. But secondly, will have a guaranteed buyer because this guy has to buy the short stock. Which means we can get out at this elevated price. Um, This was about two weeks ago when the post was made. He bought $50,000 worth of the stock at that, around that time. The stock has started to slowly climb. The GameStop changed their CEO. They did some other stuff that that was good. But it's been trading at around the $20 mark. Um, the, sh- the short bettors were betting that it's going to collapse completely. Instead, Reddit came in behind this guy, and a bunch of other people looked at it and were like, you know what? I like the CEO. I get what you're saying. I'm in. Let's do it. And basically, they pumped the price up by constantly buying the stock. And they pushed the price now. The market has pushed the price because while they were buying it, then the computations jump in and buy it with you, and then the algorithms jump in and buy it, and then the other funds jump in and buy it. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it turns into a freight train, and all of a sudden, I saw a high the other day of $402. Got him, boys. From 20 One of the Reddit users, he sold out, but he also posted a receipt that he paid off his student loan balance of $24,000. Got and he said, thanks, guys. And one of the replies to his post was, congratulations, that's awesome, and F you for selling. Yep. That's Wall Street for you, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go up till it doesn't. It's right. literally 
but him selling it weakens everyone else because they want it as high as possible. Although realistically, though, when most of these guys got in, it was in the twenty to fifty dollar range. Yeah, that's true. It's like there, there. But what's what's the like? Once something's doubled in value, selling it doesn't feel so bad. Like yeah, absolutely. I, I know what you're saying. I don't know what the term for it is. Like it's it's fine. Um, and plus, if you if you were ever just doing something on Reddit and you made so much money off of it from Reddit to pay off your student loans. Of course you'll do that. Like, Yeah. Well, I mean, even like, like say you bought like 10 shares, you know, $30, you spent 300 bucks and then all of a sudden your 300 bucks is now, geez, I don't even know what that is now. 10 to three, almost 3000. Like, Oh yeah. If it went 10, up like that, yeah, yeah. 10 extra, yeah. yeah. 10 extra money. Like, yeah, you'd be hard pressed to not just get out now, and be thrilled about it. Yeah, I mean twenty seven hundred dollars. Yeah, I'm not mad about anything. Uh, the short sellers have now come out, and basically, okay. So for two days, this was a massive story because people caught on to what they were doing. Nobody noticed, and then all of a sudden, the Wall Street people were like, "Hey, why is GameStop trading at three hundred and eighty dollars a share?" Yeah, at one point, it was the most traded stock in the entire market. And it turns out what's going on is everyone's in. Everyone's in on this whole idea. They're like, listen, we know we have a guaranteed buyer at the end of the train ride. Let's do this. <clears throat> and so that's what they did. Now, the short sellers have now come forward and said they have gone ahead and finished the deal. They lost a ton of money. Um, I think I think to the tune of several billion dollars. The number I heard, but it was a speculative number. One guy was basically doing the math. So the reason they target this stock is this particular hedge fund was 140% leveraged on sell shorts for GameStop. Which by my understanding of what they're, what they're saying is, let's say they own uh, 100 shares. They owe 140 shares. They're 140%. Past their number. Yeah. So they would need to buy another 140 shares. That's how far out they've leveraged themselves. They were 140% over leveraged on this sell short. So they were going to have to buy at the low price. Well, just to return. So again, it doesn't matter what the price of the shares are because you got to give them back to the lender initially. So let's say hypothetically that they, that it was 240 shares that we're talking about in general. They only kept 100, and they sold 140 on the sell short. They still got to buy the 140 out there in the market and then return them. There was one guy who was doing the math on it on, on the Wall Street Bets page. And from what I saw, basically every time they raised the stock price, $11, it cost them another two-point-something billion. Yeah, I think, the, I think the number was if the stock <coughs> price hit uh, – like if the stock price hit 175 it would completely bankrupt the, the entire firm. Right. Now, what happened is Wall Street rallied around its own. They began crying foul. Uh, the Robinhood app, it turned out half of the Robinhood app users owned GameStop shares at this point. Uh, the Robinhood app began preventing people from being able to sell or buy more uh, GameStop shares, only sell them. Uh, 
but basically Wall Street took to the TV to, to basically complain to try and get protection from somebody. The FEC, the SEC, somebody. They were looking for help from somebody. And nobody really kind of came forward for anyone. Um, one hedge fund owner, uh, I forget the guy's name. He was on CNBC. And he basically called, he basically called the common man. He said, they're all just sitting at home, taking their government checks, drinking their coffee, just coming, just waging war on the rich man. If that's not like the worst take on what's going on in the world today, I don't know what is. Yeah. Like, honestly, this feels more productive than Occupy Wall Street. This is, this is how you break. Okay. All right. So I've had a little bit of a theory on things that I haven't really wanted to say out loud yet because I'm just it's really just now happening. Um ultimately these things kind of burn themselves out once people figure something out. And so like the Trump wasn't going to be able to convince the MAGA supporters forever that he was the greatest person ever. Right there at the end, he turned on them because he got himself out of trouble because he used them to make trouble, right? So then at the very end, the MAGA supporters were like, well, we we rioted for you. And he was like, that makes you bad people, not me. And there was there's now this kind of rift, this divide that's happened. Uh, the QAnon boards have gone crazy. Um, although I did see one that says the actual election date is March 16th or something like that. So whatever that means so circle that date but eventually these things kind of burn themselves out donald trump was not going to be able to convince everyone forever that he was the greatest guy ever and eventually his supporters figured out what a lot of other people already knew um i think the same thing's going to happen with like ted cruz and josh headley and all these guys and i say that to say this once once someone tries to you can only game the system for so long and okay fine housing market crash in 08 uh before that the internet stock bubble you know we've now had so many market crashes that as a generation we're numb to it Mm -hmm. um so you know what you can't threaten us with a good time like like you can't promise us another market crash because honestly bring it bro right like at this point at this point you're you're playing the financial game these people have been playing for decades right and honestly and it's all with public. The best part about it is that, like, they tried to paint people as like hackers and stuff, but all the information was publicly available. Yeah, it wasn't. Anything. You just had to. You just had to be looking in the right places. Yeah, you have to look at what's called their prospectus, where they have to, where they're legally required to divulge all of their investment information. Like, it's none of this is hidden. You just have to read an eight hundred page report to find it. Right, and then you see, you're like, oh, these guys are way out there. I can completely completely shrek these guys and they wouldn't even know and wall street bets has said now they're going to start targeting these more and more because it's a perfectly yeah, legitimate have, strategy it's a one it's a perfectly legitimate strategy and like there's some freshly minted millionaires now yeah and here let's clear this up let's clear this up real 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 fast this is when the housing market collapsed this is exactly what they did this is exactly what the banking industry did they they had short sellers and and they knew there were people who knew the stuff was no good 
And what they did was they, they short sold it. They didn't go around to warning mom and pops and get on TV and say the economy is going to collapse. They short sold it and they cashed it in. So when we talk about like, oh, this is affecting people and blah, blah, blah. Like Wall Street has always been affecting people. Right. When I had, so a, what, I had a, uh, I had a job. What do we, what do we pay you for? Right. I had a job as a purchasing agent for a while. My job was to buy the inventory for the store. Well, one day I bought some product that a salesman needed. Uh, the wrong product came in, but more importantly, the salesman didn't get the right paperwork and I didn't catch it. And so the general manager comes in and yells at me uh, in the morning about it. And I fixed the problem. I get it returned because it wasn't even what we ordered, blah, blah, blah. So I get it fixed. I come around to the general manager later. I was like, hey, man, I really feel like you kind of overreacted with how you came to me with this problem. Like, you could have shot me an email and give me a chance to make it right, and then we could have gone from there. And he was like, oh, yeah, I just got really frustrated because you made a mistake that cost me money. And I said, okay, but I'm the purchaser. Any mistake I make is going to cost you money. <coughs> and that's the kind of reality that you have to accept when you deal with Wall Street. People are gambling all the time on Wall Street. And then, yeah, and then it's 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 high stakes gambling. Money doesn't make any sense because it's controlled by people who are emotional. Well, and, and so I've always actually I've never I don't believe in the stock market. I don't like to trade at all because I actually, again, we're the generation that's gone through like five crashes. I, there's no security in it. It is completely unsecured gambling. Yeah, and the best part about this whole thing is these financial institutions that are like, oh, hey, ho, free market, until someone like pops their bubble and then they're mad about it. Right, and and <laughs> oh, and uh, the the comp- the firm that came out that had said they had uh, the the one that had the shorts and they've already closed them out. They were like, we still think GameStop is a huge loser. We're just going to start reevaluating how we do our shorts from here on out. If the worst thing that can happen is that a bunch of people on Reddit teach Wall Street how to be responsible financial institutions. Yeah, I mean, oh, my God. It's the same thing. And the funny part is, is that they're so mad about it. Oh, they're furious. They're furious about it because it's it's a complete... Have you have you seen that? Have you seen that? The I think it's a post on Twitter some guy made, where he was like, "Oh, I memorized Business Insider at sixteen, Harvard oh, yeah, yeah. undergraduate, <laughs> all those financial institutions to get wrecked by some guys who eat chicken tenders in their mom's basement." Right, and and let me does that not perfectly clarify what Wall Street thinks of the common man? Right. right. No, it a hundred percent does. It's like you view people as the slaves to pick up your things. Right. But that whole sentence where it's like all of my excellence and I'm crushed by some nugget eating mom basement living, no pant wearing fat slobs. And it's like that is exactly Wall Street's view of the two Americas. So the idea that the everyman just reached out and just slapped them down. Uh, yeah, and also it's 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 just a painful lesson in like avarice and just absolute buffoonery. Because if you're intelligent, because this doesn't happen, like people who are wealthy and intelligent, this doesn't happen to them. Well, no, actually, I, I, here's here's my problem with that. I'm willing to bet these the guy, these two particular gentlemen, 
who run this firm are very intelligent. They are also incredibly arrogant. Yeah, I think I think yeah. You know, this is this is literally the story of Icarus. Do, does no one does no one read anymore? Well, Wall Street has never understood the story of Icarus, and that much is clear because, again, Keeps every happening. time you turn around, okay, the housing market will never burst. Houses will always increase in value. Uh, dot com, the market will never burst. The the websites will always increase in value. Web, <laughs> the share prices of these companies have never been accurately reflected. By Wall Street. It's an argument I've had with some of my numbers buddies. Shout out to J to the A. Uh, he and I have had this conversation for a decade that the that Wall Street doesn't accurately reflect the economy. Well, just in the last three months, Tesla has seen a 10x in its value. Did Tesla right. do something that makes it 10 times more valuable, or have they just had a few good months? Right, yeah, and like if you want to talk about like all oh, the general economy, you know, Wall Street's done nothing but you know go straight up. But it's like, yeah, but America's not put together. Like, there's a third of the country who still don't like work regularly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. A third of the states are still closed, and and yet somehow Wall Street is is back to record highs. So yeah, we talk about two Americas. We talk about two economies. This is almost a perfect example. And if at the end of the day, what this means. Is there's a group on Reddit keeping Wall Street honest? Oh, okay. Yeah. If the regulators won't do it, if if the government won't do it, if the banks won't do it, if Wall Street won't police itself, if the people who are supposed to grade and monitor the performance of these of these funds aren't going to be honest and do it themselves, then I then I guess I guess Reddit will do it. Right. And if you flew too close to the sun and you get burned and you cry to your mom. Your wings melt. Your your wings melt and you literally hurtle to the earth as your hubris has betrayed you. Does Icarus die or does he land in the water? He, I'm, I'm pretty sure he dies because they had to, like, the water's, like, full of monsters or something. Oh, that, that made that worse. Yeah. Oh, it's like, right. It, they were they, escaping they... an island prison. You're right. You're yeah. right. And his dad made him wings. Right. He makes some wings out of, makes some wings out of feathers and wax. And Icarus flies too close to the sun, and his wings melt, and he plummets. Yep. Yeah, I just... First of all, Enron proved to me... Enron was... Uh, 06, I feel like? 04? Yeah, that's, the, that's around the, the Bush presidency. Somewhere in there is Enron. And Enron, what was fascinating is... They were just making up their numbers that they were turning out. Yeah, like they, they as soon as they received any like project, they were like, "And that is going to give us twenty million dollars, so we're just going to write twenty million. Yeah, they were doing future forecasting on the front end of their books, um, which is apparently a legitimate form of accounting. As long as they said out loud they were using that form of accounting, they technically weren't breaking the law. <laughs> except it turns out they were doing it for all of their entire company and there was no real profiting happen, happening. Right. You asked Enron how they made their money and they just looked shifty-eyed and said, next question, please. And if you watch any of those documentaries about it, there's about three people who say they were trying to get to the bottom of that when, all, when it all came out. Yeah. Uh, but more importantly, one of them was working for a ratings house and Enron just reached to the ratings house and said, hey, um, 
if you want to do business with us ever again, you're going to have this guy stop asking us how we do our, our how we make our money. Like we, we release a prospectus every year. We're tired of dealing with this guy. He's a crazy person. And the ratings house said, we're sorry. And they agreed to that. So when the ratings house works for the stock company, then we don't have any protections. Right. And who was rating the housing bonds? Who was rating the housing market? You know, who was out there looking out for us then and saying, yeah, these, this is good, that's good. I'll tell you who the short sellers. The short sellers certainly knew. <coughs> that's the weird part is, is, is there was about 10 different groups who knew to short sell. And in the meantime, the entire the rest of the world lost everything. I'll never forget just the feeling in our country for about two months of economic just absolute gloom. Well, yeah, like essentially billions of dollars are just evaporated out of the system. Well, and also more importantly, it was housing, which which just feels differently. There's just a different... Yeah, it hits different because it's so physical. It's people's homes. People were evicted. And you were starting to see these news stories across the country, like in the the state of Nevada, where the sheriff literally started... He begged... He he started begging the banks to not evict people because he got tired of going to these evictions. Like... I mean, I mean, just uncanny, incredible stories coming out of it where people were just exhausted by the process. Um, <coughs> so, no, you don't get to come cry about it when you lose money. Yeah, I'll tell you what. The people I'm not sympathetic with at all. Wall Street. Yeah. No, no hedge, sympathy at all. Hedge fund, hedge fund managers. I want you to go back to your, your rich friends and told them that you lost all their money. But, and you know what? They won't care. They'll write you another check. Or if this was everything they had, then shame on you. Right, yeah. Your fault. You did this to yourself. So, listen. Allegedly, in this country, you can pull yourself up by your bootstraps and just work for it like everyone else. So, I don't know who else supposed to feel bad for in this instance. Right, yeah. Oh, you okay, fine. You lost all your money? Go to go to plumbing school, become a plumber, and invest your invest your profits after you do some plumbing work. Right, like I, I'm trying to figure out like when I see the scorecard on this one, who am I supposed to be like? Oh no, I can't believe they got him like that. Oh god, the American people made a lot of money off of the backs of really dumb investors. Oh, isn't that what you say all the time, Wall Street? Yeah, like it's not like it's a Madoff thing. Where the money was just gone. Well, they just like Bernie Madoff lived off of the money that he was getting from the people. That right, is yeah. this. It's not he. He stole how many? How many billions? It was like four hundred billion? Something ridiculous. Something crazy. Like here, you know what's more? You know what's crazy about Bernie Madoff? What? One of the reasons he got caught is because he didn't want to say he took a loss during the during the housing thing. Oh yeah, that like his returns are always incredible, no matter what, right. including defying all laws of physics. So like, when I watched one of the shows, basically one of the one of the movies about it, and like people were calling him during the '08 thing, they're like, "How's my money? How's my money?" And he's like, "No, we're fine. I told you, I'm prepared for things like this." And then they were like, "Okay, well, I need all my money." 
he didn't have enough to cover everybody, but he could have just cashed out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And just literally told everyone they took hits. You know what I mean? That that yeah. would have been the one time where the like it could have erased all of his problems, and nobody would have nobody would have questioned him. Yeah, he's it, like the my favorite part about the Bernie Madoff story is how much like almost otherworldly, godly retributions he's received after that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen. Like, his son killed himself. He tried to kill himself, and it didn't work. His wife hates him. He's in jail. Well, listen, and he's not exactly a, a, a sympathetic figure. I think it's fascinating, though, that he was so married to the idea that, that he was creating a winner that even when the time, like, that would have been the perfect out and nobody would have ever known. Yeah, it could have, he could have been like, yeah, he could have literally taken everything, been he like, it's it all down. gone. Yeah, he could have just shut it all down and been like, yeah, we were broke, we were broke too, guys. The housing bubble got us too. We'd already, we'd always use the housing bubble to cover our other losses. Now it's gone. You know what I mean? Like, he had every, he had every chance to leave. It's the, it's the, it's the classic story of, you know, hubris and greed, much like what is happening now. Yeah. Short selling a stock so far that your whole neck is out there and then someone actually gets you and you're going to be surprised by it. 140% leveraged on one, on one trade. Yeah. Like insane, insane. And they weren't the only ones. I think the total losses of hedge funds was like 70 billion is the last number I saw. And here's the one. Okay, okay. Wrap your brain around this. Okay, so the Wall Street people are complaining right now that the Reddit people inflated the value of the GameStop stock. They're saying that these people, that this, the GameStop stock still isn't even worth this much money, and these people are gonna are in danger of taking a real hit when the stock comes back down to earth. But they were willing to bet seventy billion dollars that was going to go to zero. Yeah. Think about that. Oh, it's not fair that they've inflated the value of the stock, but we were definitely willing to bet a bunch of money, more money, keep in mind, way more money, that it was going to go to zero. Like, what are, what are you going to do? It just, it blows my mind, the hypocrisy of the, of the crying foul of that situation. They're inflating the stock value. Yeah, but you bet like ten times the marketization of the stock that it would yeah. short. The the best the best part about it is like when you when you say like it's a hundred percent their fault, and it's and it's not even the same thing because it's not even like oh I bought a stock and it went to zero, like short selling you have potentially infinite percent of loss, right? That's, because it yeah. could go up pretty much infinitely. Like GameStop could be two thousand dollars a stock be a quadrillion dollar company on paper and that's all like you're you're eating all that loss because you bought it at four dollars. <laughs> like like that's a hundred percent your fault. How much lower than four dollars did they think it was gonna go? Yeah, like it's at four bucks and they're like, bro, GameStop stock is gonna be like forty cents. Like what were what were you gonna make? Like twenty bucks? Like <laughs> Yeah. What was the bottom there? Well, we found the new market there, didn't we? We found the new bottom. We're bankrupt. Right. We have no money.
And it's just it's hard. And it for gets me to it say... gets a, it gets more corrupt than that because the the Robin Hood apparently uh, there's a uh, I forget the company that has ties with Robin Hood, but they gave money to this one of the one of the hedge funds. Yeah. So what I had read was that one of the main funds that helped. So like a lot of these tech startups get buy-ins from like percentages and all that. So one of the buy-in, one of the investments that starts Robinhood is one of these large funds that also loans money regularly to the hedge fund that is short-selling GameStop stock. So Robinhood throughout the day started limiting access to the shares, which is completely illegal, it feels like. Well, somebody somebody immediately opened a class action lawsuit against Robinhood. Right. Well, I mean, it's it's market manipulation beyond all belief because I what I've also heard is that people immediately started short selling again on GameStop because people couldn't buy anymore, so the price was going to go down. <laughs> the humor so stuff learned its lesson. Right. Yeah, they're like, oh God, we've lost so much money. Hey, can we still bet more money? Yeah, I just got. <laughs> yeah, Tony. Tony just gave me twenty bucks. All right, put that in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just bought another fifty for my dad and put that in there. Yeah, I um, I saw this thing about uh, this professional gambler, and he had a feeling that he knew. Apparently, when the football season ended last year, mm-hmm. Vegas had Tom Brady at a seventy-five percent chance to stay in New England. He, he voted against it. He bet against it. He he bet specifically though for Tampa Bay. Somehow he just knew that he liked he he felt like the Tampa Bay was the best fit. Man, that's some big brain right there. Even we didn't say that. We didn't. We knew he was leaving. We didn't say Tampa Bay. Uh, it was sixty to one and fifty to one at two different sports books. Heavy. He put down like twelve and thirteen thousand. So he made like a billion dollars. He then reached out to a buddy and talked his buddy into having some bets with him on Tampa Bay winning the NFC and going to the Super Bowl. All pre-Brady getting there. When Tampa was like a 35 to 1 favor, uh, 35 to 1 and, and 40 to 1. Yeah. On odds. Terrible, terrible odds. Because they, they didn't even know who the quarterback was going to be yet. Yeah, they had Winston who couldn't see yet. Well, right. he could. He barely got the ability to see, but he probably will not <coughs> stay. So they they've won something like just just from Brady going to Tampa, he made something like eight hundred grand or something like that. And then I think I saw from him making the Super Bowl. Their nine thousand dollar bet has turned into something like they've they've won eighty five thousand or something just for that, and then if they win the Super Bowl, it's another like I mean they're they are in the big money, yeah. But uh, it just makes me think about like it's all gambling. That's all it is. Yeah. People love gambling. It's the reason it's one of the biggest human spices that destroys people's lives. Because it's so fun. Yeah. 
It's fun. It's dangerous. It's edgy. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a break. When we come back. We got more Nerd Thug Radio coming your way. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. And coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. This is Rudy Tomjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio right here on this Friday afternoon. It's um, not quite three, but we've got about 15, 20 minutes till three on this wonderful Friday. This is Nerd Thug Radio. I'm Corey DLG. With me as usual is little brother Nico. Hey, that's me. Nico, why don't you go ahead and start this segment off by telling our friends about our listeners about our friends. The adventure begins, comics, games, and more. I hope that the listeners are our friends. Uh, I don't know. You know friends. what? You never know. You never, never know. know. Uh, the Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and More didn't fly too close to the sun and is actually a fantastic location. Uh, they are open with their regular hours. Uh, you're going to need a mask if you want to come inside. Uh, they do have some events running back up. Friday, January 29th at 6 p.m. is the Team Yankee and Flames of War casual meetup. Saturday, the 30th at 2 p.m. is the Pokemon casual meetup. And at 6 p.m., also on the 30th, is Hammer Time. So Warhammer, Tabletop Warhammer meetups are back in action. And you can come hang out and play some Tabletop Warhammer. Some of my friends have been getting into it, and I am scared. <laughs> I am scared, <laughs> he says. That's uh, funny. But yeah, uh, the Adventure Begins Comics Games are more. Wonderful store, wonderful staff, always clean, family-friendly. Come on and enjoy a good time with us. Uh, we're there. We were there last Tuesday. Yeah, we hung out. Nico, did you did you win the tournament or did you come in? I I, I did I did bad because I'm good at this game. What? <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> All right, that's the adventure begins. Comics, games, and more right down on fourteen eighty eight. Uh, they are awesome. My comics are right there. I get ten percent off. Because I use my box uh, monthly, and uh, everyone else should be buying their comics from them too. All right, um, yeah, you just missed the sale, but they might run more sales, so you got to keep your eyes peeled. That's true. I, you know, I'm very disappointed. I forgot to get up there on Wednesday, and I just I didn't have time. Sorry, I still got a stack of comics I haven't read anyway. Sad. Age of Swords or whatever it's called. Ugh. Sword of Ages. <laughs> that musical sounds amazing. Um, anyway, okay, so this is, I've been talking about this since the dawn of the show. Joe Savage has been in on many conversations about this. Uh, the streaming wars. We are, we are. The invention, the new cable, the invention of everything that wasn't Netflix. Streaming, streaming content. Now, now we're at a point now where we are at too many channels, right? There's like 20 streaming services. Yeah. We are now at a point where little by little they're going to gobble each other up again until there's like a couple really strong ones. Mm-hmm. 
Well, someone has made. I'm not going to say the first move because there's been a couple moves already. Someone has made another move. Uh, the currently free to use Peacock streaming service has bought the WWE streaming service for a billion dollars over five years. Sick. They're going to add it to its soon to be launched 4.99 premium. Peacock service. Uh, the entire WWE library. WWE has been frantically creating a massive digital library of all of their pay-per-views, all of their content. Uh, everything. All the documentaries, all the matches, all the pay-per-views, all the WCW, all the ECW, all of it. It's all under one banner. Well, it's now all going to be on Peacock. This is effectively ends the WWE streaming service. I don't know what date that's going to go into effect. Uh, however, there's one big loser who's already been mad about this big event. Uh, do you want to guess who it is? Vince McMahon. Uh, no, that would be funny. But no, he's he's not mad. He he just ah, sold yeah. his streaming network for a billion dollars. Yeah, I guess. Guess number two? I don't know. ESPN. Ooh, not what I was expecting. ESPN apparently had also been in talks to buy the WWE streaming service. If there's one thing everyone needs to remember, is that the most loyal fan base in all of television is wrestling fans. Yep. They consistently can take over Twitter. They consistently can take over Reddit. They consistently can take over any social media trend. Um, and even if they don't like it, they'll still watch it. Right. Oh, well, they watch because they don't like it. That's part of the bizarre appeal of it is the numbers. The ratings move for like Raws and Smackdowns and stuff. Basically, the numbers are what the numbers are for... Like, decline takes a long time for in wrestling. Like, because people stick around no matter what. Like, WCW had fans all the way up until the end, and it had been terrible for years at that point. Even the wrestlers talked about it. Which, by the way, I think is the craziest thing. I think it's the craziest thing in the world that these guys had worked there for, like, seven years, and, like, those last two years were insane. Like, nobody knew who was in charge. Everybody was doing whatever they wanted. It was crazy. <laughs> Completely wild. Who would have known? Like, like who? Like... What? <laughs> How does that happen? But, uh, yeah, WWE and ESPN has essentially now cut the cord for all relationship. Now, ESPN and WWE had been, like, working on this mutual relationship for the last 15 years, 10 years, where there was a lot of crossover between the two. It helped legitimize the WWE by how impressive their athletes were. But more importantly, it, it gave the ESPN access to those loyal viewers to try and grab them for other stuff. So the WWE would have its people go on ESPN programs a bunch. Uh, that's never going to happen again. Well, that's not happening. It's never going to happen again. And, and, and I only... say that 
My only reasoning is they didn't start their contract with a B in front of it. <laughs> uh, I, I can say that with, with certainty because of one thing. ESPN is owned by the mouse, and the mouse has institutional memory. ESPN, ABC are both owned by Disney, and they will never forgive WWE for this. Which, if I am AEW, uh, I might, I might give, I might give ESPN a call this week. Right. This might, this might be the way. Might give ESPN a call and might be like, "Hey, uh, you guys want to, you guys want to interview Sting?" Or uh, Cody Rhodes, because they'll come on. Yeah, they'll they'll appear on your mass-approved television programs. Yeah, whatever you want to do. <coughs> yeah, this is uh, this is another big shot for the streaming wars. Another one We're, bites the dust. Another another app gone. The WWE app. It's like when this thing launched. There's like two in like a week. What apps? Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, there's a lot of apps out there. But when this thing launched, I, I said that I didn't, I didn't quite understand. I thought this and the DC streaming app were in the same boat, where it was very limited on what they could give you. Right. The WWE worked tirelessly to prove me wrong by just constantly uploading more and more and more and more and more. Every time you logged in, there was more stuff. That I at least appreciate, that they were just making this massive push to just get everything on there. And unlike uh, the DC, DC, they actually use their library. Right. The DC streaming app, the, the secret was they needed to get into those shows that they were creating before people could be convinced it was going to work. Right. Because I remember uh, when it came out, it was pretty garbage. It was pretty... Well, there wasn't a lot to it. And so, like, if you're asking for $7 a month and you're basically showing me and not even all of them, but some of the Justice like some of the different cartoons and some of the different movies. Yeah, but it was, not all of, it, of it. Yeah, not all of anything. And basically promises that you're going to have cool shows in the future, we promise. Yeah, those first couple months of the DC streaming app were rough. But once Young Justice came out, it was worth it. And then the other stuff followed, and like their new shows were, were, were strong enough that it justified staying. God, I'm coughing on show. But um, I do think that it's worth mentioning that now both of those apps are gone. Truly a tragedy. You will so, be missed DC app 20, like 19 to 2020. 2018 to 2020, I think. I feel like. I might be wrong, though. Maybe. But, uh, DC streaming app is now basically part of the HBO Max. Uh, with they just announced the Justice League cartoons are coming to HBO Max now. Little by little, they're going to move it all over. Um, but yeah, this is big news though. Peacock getting the WWE. Peacock doesn't have any real sporting stuff. NBC doesn't have a lot of sporting stuff. Football Night in America, that's about it. Yeah. So this will be good for them to have something that people can go to regularly. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna have a fan base, you're gonna have you gotta have wrestlers. They're rabid. What's that? 
What is that noise? Is that my phone being weird? Oh my goodness. What was that? What sort of fire alarm was that? Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. Um, I do guess we are up against it here. So on that note, on, uh, on behalf of little brother Nico and myself, on behalf of the Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and more, uh, we want to thank you guys for listening. Same Nerd Thug time, same Nerd Thug channel. Make sure to wash your hands, stay safe, stay clean, take care of each other, be be there for each other, fight the power, short sell the stock. Uh, Black Lives Matter. Let's go get them, guys. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. And coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. Hey, Conros, this is Corey TLG of Nerd Thug Radio, hanging out here, just enjoying my quarantine time at home, and I hope everyone else is doing the same, social distancing and minding their manners and listening to the orders while we get all this health stuff, health crisis straightened out and get this pandemic under control. I hope everyone's doing their part to flatten the curve, but doing their part also means supporting small businesses. Local businesses here in Conroe, uh, restaurants, things of that nature that have been able to stay open, they require the support of their community, so takeouts. Uh, is a good option to do. So reach out to those places, order some takeout food if you can afford it and if it's reasonable. Uh, I'm not asking anyone to risk their health, but this, the community has always relied on the, itself to support itself. And this is one of those times where as Conroe, we can stand up together and take care of small businesses and entrepreneurs who've been taking care of us this whole time, helping Montgomery County grow into one of the fastest growing counties in all of America. Uh, thank you very much and stay safe. and Stay tuned for more Nerd Thug Radio. Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio. Yeah.